The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com or via your Alexa-enabled device, uh, regardless of how you're listening, I appreciate you guys tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show as we try to bring you all the best information, entertainment, uh, opinions, you know, upcoming, you know, updated news, local news, as we can here as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And I know that you have a choice of where to listen, and I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show on this April the 20th, 2022, 8.03 on your Tucson Wednesday morning. Speaking of things going on locally, the Wildcats pick up a commitment, a letter of intent yesterday from a European player that will fit into Tommy Lloyd's 2022-2023 roster. Philip Borovicinin from Serbia. Yes, uh, the same Serbia that gave us the likes of Dusan Ristic and Dusan Loves Tucson and Tucson Loves Dusan. I actually just talked with him uh, a few days ago. He's doing well, and, and he, he misses us. Uh, he misses you guys at the McHale Center. He always talks about he, – he's one of those guys that's going to forever love. And, j- like, he's going to live his life telling the stories to his children and his grandchildren about his time at the U of A. It was the time of his life. He is such a happy individual. And I'll tell you what, uh, he's working hard. I, I can't remember the name of the program that he's with right now. He, he, you know, he's playing in two different leagues. He plays one um, summer pro league and one uh, winter pro league team. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's doing well. He's, he's, you know, he's enjoying his time, and uh, he's enjoying everything that's going on. Obviously worried about the things that are going on over there in Eastern Europe. But he sends his love, and uh, we, I told him that we send him our love as well. Anyway, um, so Bordovicinin is the now second member of Arizona's 2022 class, coming along with uh, Player of the Year here in Arizona, two-time, actually, Arizona uh, Gatorade Player of the Year, Dylan Anderson from Perry High School up here. Um, And then, you know, we're still waiting to find out if Kylan Boswell is going to reclassify, which is, is you know, a distinct possibility. And, And there could be some... I don't know, I don't want to say gamesmanship going on, but it, it could be a situation where Tommy is, you know, maybe urging him to not reclassify. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, regardless, I'm going to trust this coaching staff and the decisions they make. Uh, you know, we know that, that Tommy Lloyd has been deeply ingrained into recruiting over in Europe ever since, I, I guess, about 11, 12 years ago. He started doing it. Uh, Gonzaga, and, and when I say doing it, I mean he's been doing it all along because that's where he got his start. He started in Australia, has been dealing with European players and overseas players for his entire career. Uh, really started to land some of the big whales from uh, from you know Euro basketball to go to Spokane, Washington to play at Gonzaga, and now is doing it in Tucson. Uh, this kid, uh, Board of Ichinen, is a six eight wing player. I saw I saw some video on him. You know, once once he committed, I took a look at some of the video yesterday. There's not a whole lot out there to to look at, 
Uh, but what I liked, or what I saw, I did like. Obviously, you know, they're not going to put together a highlight reel of of him missing shots and creating, you know, causing turnovers and stuff. But uh, it looks like he's got good handles for a kid his size. You know, at six eight, dribbles the ball with good, uh, you know, good hand level. So that looks good. He's got some, you know, some really good fundamentals. He's got a good looking jump shot. He's got a body that Chris Rounds can definitely work with and mold into that style of Arizona player that we're accustomed to seeing from Chris Rounds and does the best job in the entire country of anyone uh, in getting those players in shape and up to a, a Division One level, you know, when they, you know, getting off the bus, they look the part. But obviously there's a much bigger aspect to that than just the way they look. It's got to be about the way they play as well. So excited about him. Interestingly enough, he was he was a finalist as far as like his commitment goes to two other schools. One of them being Texas Tech, great basketball program right now. I mean they're you know they're really doing well. Uh, obviously, um, it's you know it's a good program set up there by Chris Beard and then handed off. The other school that he was considering committing to was Xavier, and Sean Miller, of course, the head coach there now lost a recruit to Arizona. Now, Sean has been able to sign three, I'm, I'm going to say it, top 100 players in the country uh, this year to Xavier's program. Uh, essentially, sign, keep and sign them. Um, so Xavier's doing really well <laughs> under Sean Miller already in recruiting. But they lost this one. And I'm sure that Sean, you know, Sean doesn't like losing anything uh, in anywhere. But uh, this uh, this commitment to Arizona is a great get for the Wildcats and for Tommy Lloyd and his staff. So congratulations to them. Got ourselves a good-sized, skilled perimeter player that by all accounts has the fundamentals that you're looking for in that type of a player at that age. And uh, according to one of the other experts, has a, a just a good natural feel for the game of basketball. So uh, I'm liking what I'm, what I'm hearing out of, uh, out of him, and he's going to join – uh, you know, a, again, a, a very talented class of players. Now, yesterday, we you know we talked about this yesterday on the show. After we found out that Christian Coloco on Monday was going to be entering his name to the NBA draft, and we were still talking about whether Dalen Terry would or would not uh, decide to jump to the NBA as well. Arizona tweeted out, Instagram to Facebook, you know, they would hit all their social medias or whatever. And it's, you know, it's the run with us, the future is now, you know, type of let's let's keep Arizona basketball relevant and in the minds and the eyes of our fans and, and you know, everyone that follows college basketball. And the lead photograph in that, the pictorial that they posted, it was, you know, multitudes of, of players. It was, you know, Pella and it was Umar and, you know, Adama and plenty of guys. The lead picture was Dale and Terry. Now. I don't know if that's an indicator of whether he's going to be returning to Arizona or not. It would certainly look silly on Arizona basketball, though, if they said the future is now run with us in the 2022-23 season like Dalen Terry is going to do, only to know that Dalen Terry is going to jump to the NBA tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it seems that, that indications are that Dalen Terry will be returning. And that is supremely good news for Arizona. Listen, I want all the best for Dalen, and I think Dalen will end up in the NBA someday. But I'm going to be honest with you. Having him back here for another year at Arizona makes me all kinds of giddy. I, lo- I love Dalen's game. 
Dalen, I believe, is going to show the level of improvement between his sophomore and his junior year that we saw between his freshman and his sophomore year, right? We're, now, we're familiar with, with Dalen's game his freshman year. We all watched it. We watched it on TV because you couldn't watch it in, in person. I got to watch it in person, okay, in the McHale Center with no fans where it was really quiet. So there's no info. There's no, I don't have to read any commercials, right? There's no advertising to read. It's all just focusing on what's happening in those 94 feet on the court. So I got to watch Dalen Terry. And I watched him in, you know, the fresh. I watched him as a high school player first of all up here in Phoenix, and watched him in his freshman season at Arizona. And he has shown. I almost want to say it's basically like the same level of improvement in each between each year. So I saw him in his senior year up here in Phoenix in high school. Then I saw him at his freshman freshman season at Arizona. I was like, okay, he's improved in these areas. Not only has he gotten a little bit. He's put on a little bit of of weight, a little bit of muscle. Um, he's starting to grow a little, you know, a little bit. But he's also cleaned up his handles a little bit, and his jump shot is is starting to improve. And then watching the improvement that he had in his sophomore year this year, from his freshman year, Dalen is starting to get bigger now. And, and it, I mean, I was talking with one of the coaches about this. I'm like, has Dalen has Dalen grown? Like, has he gotten taller since he got here to Arizona? And he looked at me like raised his eyebrows, like, yeah. He has, like two inches. He's gotten bigger. He's starting to round out. His shoulders are getting rounder, right? He's getting stronger. His dribble is even stronger now. When Dalen dribbles the ball, you can hear the basketball pounding the hardwood, okay? He's got, he, he, he's, he's got a very uh, – he, he, he dribbles with, with intent, right? He's gained a lot of confidence. His jump shot has vastly improved. Like, so when, when, I, when I look at Dalen from – senior to freshman to sophomore, he's had the same t- like almost like a mirrored growth between each of those seasons. And if that continues from his sophomore to his junior season, now we're talking potential top player in the Pac-12 type of impact out of Dale and Terry. Because if he continues that rise, and he you know, and I I think that he will because he's dedicated to the game, he loves the game, his dad loves the game, he's surrounded by people that love the game. And you know, Dalen is a a, a a very a fierce competitor. I mean, he's Dalen hates to lose. <laughs> he's he's one of those guys. I love his competitive edge. And I think if he shows the same type of improve, the same scale of improvement that I've seen from him over the last three years, the sky's the limit for the dude. Like next year, I mean, honestly, like this is not. I'm not being hyperbolic here. He's got potential to be a Pac-12 player of the year type of impact on this program, in this conference, and on the country. So it makes me giddy to think that he will be returning, if that's the case, if he has decided to return to Arizona. And again, I I think it would be silly of Arizona basketball to blast out on social media, run with us, the future is now, take a look at our 2022-23 Starting right, starting lineup, and have Dale and Terry leading it off, and then to have him declare for the NBA draft, you'd look foolish. I'm pretty sure Arizona knows his intentions, and would have left him off of the list, or would have changed the caption, or you know, it'd have been like, oh, you know, take a look at what the Wildcats have been doing in this off season. Well, you know, whatever, who knows? I don't think it would be like, hey, check out the future, run with us. These are the guys that are going to be here. 
and have Dalen Terry after he leaves for the NBA. Now, again, he's still considering his options. All that being said, all is still considering his options, and it's not set in stone that he'll be returning. I certainly hope that he does because in this instance, I am being greedy. I do want to see him back in an Arizona uniform next year because I think that he has ring of honor potential at the McHale Center. I really do. I, on, I honestly believe that, and I don't say that about everybody. So if he does, uh, if he does return, if he, if, he, I mean, if he leaves with the NBA, wish him the best. He's certainly earned it. He's earned the right to go to the NBA and uh, make that money. But if he returns, I think it's, it's, it's better for uh, – certainly better for Arizona. <laughs> That's for sure because he's a hell of a basketball player. And we'll be adding a couple of guys. And who knows what Tommy does with the transfer portal. Arizona is absolutely a top-tier destination for the now – I think Jeff Goodman tweeted out 1,490 – players in the transfer portal right now holy smokes (laughs) and there's some really good ones too the kid from smu is in the transfer portal led the conference in scoring it was like second in assists he's a pretty good player so uh there's plenty of uh, plenty of opportunities out there for tommy lloyd to round out this particular uh this particular season's roster but he does land a freshman wing player a a a big euro guard six eight out of serbia Philip Borovichinen, and uh, I like what I saw from the uh, from the film and from what I read uh, from some of the experts, Jonathan Giveney uh, from ESPN, who had a nice, uh, nice, some nice things to say about Borovichinen. So we will uh, we will continue to watch the progress and process of what's going on in Arizona for basketball. Uh, Allie Skaggs last night tied a school record; she hit three dingers in a, a doubleheader sweep of UTEP for. Uh, Arizona softball, that was fun to see. And Arizona baseball cap off a sweep with a, uh, I believe it was a, a nice little comeback win. They they beat Creighton 3-1. to one. Creighton only scores one run at home in the two-game series against the Wildcats in a uh, in a, a stadium that they were previously unbeaten in. They were 12-0 and at home this year in Omaha were the Blue Jays. And now they're 12-2 and as Arizona heads back to Tucson to take on ASU later this weekend at high C. Get your get your tickets. Get out there and support this Wildcat baseball team. Again, like I said earlier this week, there are some things that, that were going on with this team that just seemed like middle of the season woes. We've seen the, you know, the, the breakdowns defensively, and we've understood why that's happening. There are several players that are playing out of position. Some of those guys are getting back. Some of you know the guys that have not been there are getting back, and they're going to be starting to play the positions that they're destined to play, and we can move the other players back to their right positions. And the pitching staff had a bad weekend in Utah, in Salt Lake City. It happens. It's a loaded schedule, and it's a very difficult schedule to navigate uh, for Chip Hale and for these players. So you can kind of expect not not every team gets to go undefeated, right? <laughs> I mean, I think Tennessee still only lost one game. They're an anomaly. Everybody else has lost five or six games at least this year. Uh, even in, hell, even in softball, Oklahoma, who was run ruling everyone. I'm good friends with a, a former world champion, a uh, former national champion softball player. Family from Oklahoma. Uh, husband played uh, at OU basketball at OU. She was on a national championship team at Oklahoma for softball. I was talking with them uh, over the weekend. Saw ran into them. And we were talking Oklahoma softball, and they had just lost their first game of the season. Like they had won, like 
I think, 33 in a row. And I was like, you're getting close to our record. You got to knock that off. Like, that's a record that we're very, you know, we hold sacred here in Tucson, our 37 wins in a row in the softballs, uh, in the soft, sport of softball. So stay away from that. And, uh, you know, even Oklahoma gets to, gets to lose from time to time. So uh, the uh, softball and baseball teams have bounced back, and it's good to see that as uh, they both get ready for weekend series here in the Pac-12. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, what's going on in the NFL right now? Adam Schefter reports that Debo Samuel is likely to be traded from the San Francisco 49ers. Why? We'll talk about that next here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, so Mary reminded me during the break there, like she's like, hey, numbskull, I know you want to talk about sports and you're talking about NBA and college basketball and all these other sports things, but you might want to talk about some of the things that we have going on at the radio station, like giveaways maybe. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got Batman movies to give away. So let's do it now. We're going to have you text the word Catwoman. That's just one word, Catwoman. Don't spell it any differently than you normally would spell either of those two words. Just push them together to make one word. And I want you to text that word to 68683 for your chance to win a digital download of the newest Dark Knight reboot, the Batman. You can unmask the truth. The Batman is caught in a deadly game of cat and mouse with the Riddler in this gritty thriller starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. You can now own the Batman on 4K Ultra HD. Wee! You can download it, which is awesome. Like, if you win, we'll just email you the file. And I know people are like, well, how do I set up my email to my TV and I can watch it? Trust me. All the instructions are there. You're going to be fine. You're going to get through this technological phase. Throw out your DVDs. It's time to go digital. And you can win the digital download of the newest movie, The Batman, by texting Catwoman to 68683 right now. Good luck and enjoy the film. It's good. Uh, I think it's the second best Batman film of the, you know, of the last you know, 30 years, whatever, right? The last 30. It's the second best. I think The Dark Knight is still the best one. It's just, it's just, it was so well done, and the villain was great, obviously, with Heath Ledger as a Joker and all this. But um, I think the Batman, probably the second best. It was really, really, really well done. Really good. Enjoy it. All right. NFL news. Adam Schefter goes on NFL Live on ESPN yesterday and says, my sources tell me that Debo Samuel's going to be traded. Well, that's very likely. The, the San Francisco 49ers have been trying to work a deal with Debo ever since the season ended. He's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. He's a phenomenal playmaker. He's a tough guy. He's a joy to be around. His teammates love him. Here's the problem with Debo. Okay? This is a business. NFL is a business. And I never shirk anyone of their opportunities to make money in this business. Here's the reason why it's becoming a problem, though, for the San Francisco 49ers. And, And this is something that has happened in other in other areas as well, but I'm only talking about this because we have three top-tier receivers that are all you know, asking for this money right now, and, and it's an issue. Here's the thing. Debo, DK Metcalf, and A.J. Brown, all three receivers drafted in the second and or third rounds of the 2019 draft who are entering the final year of their rookie contract are all wanting extensions and have all earned extensions. Uh, they've all performed extremely well. 
Debo probably better than, than the others, but I'm not here to make that comparison. Here's the issue. They all have the same agent. All are asking to be paid. But none of them wants to be the first guy to sign because whomever goes first will likely end up with the third most of money, right? So if Debo flinches first and says, okay, I'll sign the offer that the 49ers are giving, then DK and AJ have their bargaining chips to go to their teams or whatever team they end up with and say, Debo got this. I have more yards and touchdowns of Debo. I have more targets of Debo. Blah, blah, blah. And they can say, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm demanding more money or else I'm going to demand a trade. And that team will pony up the dough because they don't want to be publicly known for losing out on a great receiver like that. So if Debo goes first and signs the deal that the 49ers have offered him, then he'll probably end up with the third most money of the trio that are in that agency. And that's where the business aspect of this thing all comes to light. Uh, it is not the fact that he's unhappy with the 49ers. I think he's more than happy to be there as a member of Kyle Shanahan's offense with that team and able to usher in Trey Lance into the NFL as a new quarterback. The problem is is that he doesn't want to go first. And if he doesn't go first, he wants to be traded. You know, So it's like either the 49ers – give him an offer that is so insane and go so over the top that they couldn't possibly pay DK Metcalf and AJ Brown more than him, you know, whatever team that signs them. Or he just takes a lesser deal and ends up third on the totem pole in his own agency. So that's the issue right now with these three wide receivers. Nobody wants to flinch. Nobody wants to go first. Uh, Whoever does go first will be paid the least of the three. And nobody wants neither. None of them want to be that guy. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Speaking of NFL, our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports, will join us next to talk everything Cardinals offseason and going into the draft. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join Spears and Ali for their NFL Draft Show next Thursday from 3 to 6. They'll be broadcasting live from the Firetruck Brewing Company. Love those guys at uh, 4746 East Grant Road on the corner of Grant and Swan. Love the folks over at Firetruck Brewing. And, uh, you know, because I'm the social pariah here, the morning show, I don't get to go out and have fun and drink beer and eat wings while watching the NFL draft with the boys. But you can. You can enjoy happy hour food and drink specials, and it's all sponsored by O'Reilly Chevrolet, Miss D-U-I-A-Z, The Blind Guys, and Ryan Brown at Long Realty. For more details, go to ESPNTucson.com, but that's next Thursday from Firetruck Brewing with Spears and Ali. All right, speaking of the NFL draft and other things going on with the Arizona Cardinals, it's time to bring on our Cardinals insider. He is Tyler Drake with Arizona Sports, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, Welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing, man? Good. Long time no talk. How you doing, my buddy? Yeah, it's it's been a while, man. I've been sick, and you know, it just hasn't been a whole lot to get into. But now we've got all kinds of things going on with the Arizona Cardinals: drama, uh, anticipation, uh, some things left unanswered. Where do we begin? <laughs> you tell me, man. You tell me. <laughs> it has been a uh, it has been a weird off season to say the least. Of just yeah, seems like. Uh, not much is going on, and then a little bit goes on, and then we have social media playing a part in everything. So it, it's been a 
it's been quite the off season to say the least. <laughs> well, let's talk about Kyler because obviously he's the, he you know he's the spotlight of of this program as is you know just about every other quarterback. Uh, but he made some waves in the off season, scrubbing the Instagram. We all know that he's unhappy with his c- contract. It appears that nobody is happy with their contract in the NFL anymore, and he didn't show up for the voluntary uh, preseason off season workout yesterday, but. Is this really a big deal? I mean, I know the players downplayed it. I personally don't think it's a big deal, but but what are other people saying? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. It just depends on who you talk to. Uh, I asked uh, James Conner yesterday. He said no big deal. J.J. Watt came back and also said, you know, as long as he's here for week one and, and playing good, like he doesn't care. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and really, if you think about it, it's the strength and conditioning program. There's not really much football activities going on. But at the same time, you still would like to have, you know, your starting quarterback there, have the camaraderie, just have that, you know, that feeling of everybody's all in. Uh, But, you know, like just it it could be just because they were talking to the media yesterday, but having those guys say like not a big deal and it wasn't necessarily like they had to think about it. Like they were quick with, yeah, no big deal, whatever, move on. When he's here, he's here and we'll get to work. It's not like he's not working. And and I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me from the report yesterday from uh, Ian Rappaport was that it was a plan uh, that was made weeks ago. So yeah. it wasn't just him either. There was a couple other veterans there too but uh, that missed out. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to go off of is just there was a plan. It wasn't like they thought he was showing up and didn't show up. So at least there's a little bit of that. So I, it, it just kind of depends on how you want to – how you want to cut it? Do you want to be on the side of, do you want him there every single voluntary workout to show how committed he is to the team? Or are you fine with him missing these voluntary workouts as he continues to try to get a contract extension? Yeah. I mean, I personally don't think it's a big deal. Aaron Rodgers didn't show up for his Russell Wilson didn't show up for his, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty common for players who have their own workout programs and things like that, that they're doing. Tom Brady has done so in the past as well. Not a big deal. Now what happens six weeks from now is potentially going to be a big deal whether or not he's there for the non-voluntary type of uh, of meetings and workouts and such what is your crystal ball telling you in regards to that my crystal ball is telling me that we are going to find out the next step of this whole saga uh probably right at the draft right before the draft like it's something something else is coming because albert Breer reported last week that uh kyler like viewed the deadline uh viewed their deadline for a contract extension as the draft so that's kind of where i'm putting it uh but personally i think it i don't think they get anything done before the draft i think it's going to be after the draft type thing and and i i personally think there will be a deal that gets done but i don't think they're going to do it on kyler murray and eric burkhardt's terms now, Tyler, how much of this is on the Arizona Cardinals on Steve Kime and front, you know, front office management, and how much is on Kyler Murray? Because when Kyler and his agent first went to the Cardinals and said, this is the offer we would like to receive, there were three players in the NFL making $40 million a year. As of today, there are nine. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. what, 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 who, whose fault is it right now? You know, I, I think it's both sides, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a side, it's, you've got the uh, social media side of, do you want to pay somebody that's doing the kind of antics that you're getting right now? It's almost like the team wants to prove a point of, like, we're not going to give in and give you this money with how you've acted this offseason. And then you also have, you know, the team side of it, of where, hey, like, 
you guys are by every passing day, you're probably going to have to up that contract. Like that contract's going up every day with every one of these contract extensions. It's not a surprise that all of these reports, uh, Burkhart's tweets himself, are coming out right after these guys are getting reported deals or signing yep. these contract extensions. So it's all about a waiting game. And, and for the Cardinals waiting this long now, it, I mean, they're going to have to probably shell out more money than that opening contract proposal was. I mean, that's just – at the end of the day, everybody's getting more money, and that's just how the league is turning into what the league is turning into right now. So, I think uh, there's there's blame that can go on both sides, but really, just I, I think it just comes to swallowing the pride a little bit and coming to agreement and getting this thing going because having to talk about this for the whole off season is not a good look for the whole organization, not a good look for Kyler, not a good look for anybody. Yeah, and at, at some point you have to ask yourself, you have to look in the mirror and say, are we better by are we be, are we a better team giving him the, the the money that he wants? Are we better team going to try to find to uh, you know a, a, someone to fill his spot on the roster? Because, I mean, is that person Baker Mayfield? I'm just throwing a name out there. I'm not saying that there's any rumors of that, but you know, I mean, he's the name, he's the commodity that's out there. He's the starting quarterback that's available right now. Would you be a better team with paying Baker Mayfield $19 million a year than paying Kyler Murray 42 a year? No, I don't think so. No, I you think, wouldn't be. Uh, you're right. It's, it's, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray makes this team a playoff team. Without Kyler Murray, I mean, it's, it's a team that's struggling to get seven, eight wins. Like that's, I think that's where we're at at this point. Nothing against the rest of the team, but Kyler just has that ability to take them to that next level. Like, for as much as the optics looked terrible in that play, playoff loss, like he is still the guy that is is moving the needle for this team year after year and putting together more wins than the previous season. So, you know, it's it, the optics are rough, the antics are rough, but at the end of the day, you are not going to win as many football games if you don't have Kyler Murray on your team. We're joined by Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports right now here on the Jeff Dean Show. You can follow him at T Drake for Sports. He's our Cardinals insider. And he's been covering all of the prospective Cardinals that have been coming into the uh, into the facility this preseason, this offseason, leading up to the NFL draft. Tyler, who are some of the names of the guys that the Cardinals have brought in for pre-draft workouts that we could be looking at? Well, you know, one name just recently was Traylon Burke. He's supposed to be visiting this week, I believe. He might have already visited. We didn't, we didn't get the specifics on that. But obviously, uh, you know, having a wide receiver in for a visit is, uh, is going to be a big uh, eye-opener for a lot of people, uh, despite even signing A.J. Green to that three-year or the $3 million deal. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's one of the top guys that I've been kind of looking at. Uh, there's, a, there's a few others, you know. Just the fact that they met with like a Malik Willis during the combine, that's always interesting just to right. kind of, you know, leave no stone unturned. And, you know, also, you know, they had their local pro day and had Brock Purdy in uh, and worked out with them. So uh, he's a local kid. And so, you know, those it's it's quarterbacks, you know, I don't want to get in the narrative of they're going to go look for a new quarterback. But, you know, having kind of that extra look at the signal callers on top of having those wide receivers and, and some of the other guys that they've brought in, you know, it's it's. It's one of those things where they're not leaving a stone unturned, and it's just at 23, you just don't know what's going to happen, I don't yeah. think. Like, yeah. anything could really happen. There could be a run of, of pass rushers, which I, I really expect there's going to be, and then you're left with maybe maybe a Chris Olave drops. Like, I, I personally think that would be their best best get at that, at that uh, pick if he's available. I'm going to throw out a name, a, a guy that I really like, and a, a guy that I think would fit 
in, in you know in what the Cardinals are doing, and I know that they already kind of have this guy, but they also lost this guy in the offseason. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State, I watched his production over the last two years being thrown a football from somebody who will never, ever play at the next level. I, I mean, Penn State's quarterbacks the last two years have been absolute garbage. And the amount of production that he's been able to put up and the fact that he can he can return punts, uh, he has a tremendous catch radius. He's got great ball skills. He's got good get-off. And I think a guy like him in the slot would fit perfectly in this offense in replacing Christian Kirk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that would be a good pick, too. Uh, you know, he's probably my second choice outside of Alave for, for just a wide receiver in general for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you also got to think, you know, You've got to get Rondell Moore involved more. Uh, there's going to be some. I mean, he can't keep getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They've got to. They've got to get him the ball so he can be a playmaker. We've seen. We saw flashes of just how good he can be. It's like Tyler Murray throwing it to himself. Like the dude can make things happen. So I think uh, as much as I think Dotson, I think that would be great. But I also think you know we can't forget that Rondell Moore. Like they need him to be. They need him to take that next step. Like you can't just waste a second round pick on a wide receiver and then say, oh, we're going to bring another guy in and, and just move you down the line. Well, in this day and age in the NFL, you know, I mean, you know as well as anyone, you, you can never have enough guys to throw the football to. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's the True name that. of the game. That's where it's gone, and, and that's where it's going. What about defense for the Cardinals? What, what guys are they looking at defensively? Are they looking at defensive line? Are they going to try to shore up the secondary a little bit more? What, you know, what areas of interest are there from the Cardinals in the draft on the defensive side of the ball? You know that just just with how many how much how many needs they have. I mean they they need a they need some depth at interior defensive line. They need a they need another pass rusher like a decent pass rusher. Uh, they could use another cornerback. You know Jeff Gladney. They signed Jeff Gladney, and, and it sounds like they believe he can start. But at the same time, the guy didn't play last year, and he's yeah. coming in. And his rookie season wasn't the greatest. So like, there's a lot of unknowns there. So I mean. For me, as much as you know, I just talked about Chris Olave. If a Trent McDuffie or 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 maybe even a, a Kyir Elam in the second round, like I mean, those would be great, great cornerbacks to pair with Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, and and the rest of those defensive backs. Like I mean, getting a McDuffie from Washington, put him with Byron Murphy and Buda Baker to learn from those guys. I mean, you, yeah. you could find a lot of worse uh, ways to go about it. So that for sure, another guy I really like is Jermaine Johnson. I don't think he's going to be there anymore, but uh, to start the offseason, he was right around that range, but now he's like top 10 in a lot of mocks. So unless they want to trade up and get him, like I, I don't think they're going to land him, but I mean, pass rusher is still such a big one. I don't know if, uh, uh, what is it, George Karlaftis? I don't know if that's the guy, though. As he might be there, but I don't know if that's the guy that they should go get. He's got uh, great draft day. He, he's you know, he's got great tools, but he doesn't have great production, and that's the one thing I worry about with Carlaftis. Yeah, exactly. I love George Carlaftis, but seem... yeah, he doesn't put up the numbers. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a natural <laughs> rusher. Yeah, and 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 that's what you need. And you need a freak. You need a freak rusher in yeah, the state agent in the rusher. NFL. I mean, that's, that's all it is. You've got Marcus Golden on one side. I mean, I, and Marcus Golden is going to give you 150 percent the whole time. You need that other guy on that opposite side to either get the pressure off of Marcus or just be that next Chandler Jones type player. I, we, we've, we've seen this over the years with Steve Kime and the draft. The, the Cardinals have done well in the first round for the most part, uh, other than, you know, drafting a quarterback out of UCLA, but in the like second, third, <laughs> fourth rounds, they've not done well. I mean, th- this team has been notorious 
for cutting guys that they've drafted in the third and fourth rounds. Uh, I mean, how much faith is there in Steve Keim to be able to find those guys to round out the roster after the first round has ended? You know, for, for every time we go into the draft, I feel like that's one of the things that we look at is, is you know, Kime's draft history, especially after the first round, and, and that's always a topic. And, and really, I think all eyes are going to be on this team even more this year just because yeah. of how they've gone through the offseason of really just re-signing their own guys. I mean, outside of Nick Vigil, Will Hernandez, and, and uh, Jeff Gladney, there really hasn't been that many outside free agent signings. So, I mean, the draft is obviously going to be where they get a lot of their guys that they expect to come in and play right away. So it's going to be very, 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 very glaring this, uh, this time around just on what, how they go about it, what needs they fill early on, and, and really just their overall feeling on these guys. Because, I mean, I don't doubt that quite a few of these guys probably are going to get a lot of snaps this, this upcoming season. All right, Tyler, I've got about two minutes left here. I need you to put on your your best, you know, Adam Schefter, NFL insider-type hat here, your scoop hat, and I want you to give me all of the dish. What is going on with DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, that's a – you know, from my from what I've heard, from everything that he's, he's rehabbing, I mean, here's the, here's the good thing. He was, from what I saw, he was at the voluntary workout yesterday, so – Having a guy like that, I mean, he doesn't – he's not the biggest practice uh, participant no. over in the regular season. So, no. to have him come out for a voluntary strength and, and conditioning program was pretty – I mean, pretty big for me. I don't, I don't think there's that much stuff going on, like in terms of, you know, contract stuff or, or anything like that. I, I think it's more so about him getting healthy and getting back to 100%. And from what it sounded like at the Combine, he was ahead of schedule. So, just, it's just going to be a waiting game to see where he's at. Tyler, did you know that excluding his rookie season, that last year he averaged fewer targets and fewer receiving yards per game than any other season in his career and by a wide margin? I mean, we're talking nearly two targets per game and almost 30 receiving yards per game less than any other season in his career. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's – but it also I think it plays into just that offense too. I mean, they like you said, you can never have too many pass catchers, and I think – that is what they that's when they were at their best when they could get six seven guys multiple receptions a game and really spread out that offense so yeah the stats look look a little wonky but at the same time i would say you know take it with a grain of salt just from how they game plan and how they scheme in this offense right now is one other thing i i i caught wind of something that i i have not been able to confirm does he have some kind of an illness or something that's going on, like some kind of other medical thing that's going on like inside his body, like a non-football-type injury-type thing going on? Oh, I would not. I haven't heard nothing on that whatsoever. Okay. I, I caught wind of something that he was, he was ill, and it wasn't like I have the flu or I have COVID. It's like he's been visiting doctors for something very specific. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything on okay. my end. I don't know. I, I, maybe, maybe my, you know, my little birdie has, uh, you know, poor information, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I cause I don't, something seems wrong, man. There, something seems off right now. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. You're closer to this than I am. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, yeah, that's the first time I've ever, I've ever heard of that. So I, that's, that's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to do a dive on that. Look into that. Send me a text. 
<laughs> because right. I want to get it from you because I need somebody that I actually know that's actually there and inside as opposed to somebody who is on the outer circle, not, you know, okay. so to speak. Yeah. I can't go to Bruce Arians anymore. I can't have lunch with Bruce and get him drunk and get him talking about everything Cardinals and get all my information that way anymore. So uh, I have to rely on, on people like you who do this for a living. So, Tyler, I appreciate the time, man. As always, we'll be talking with you again post-draft. We'll wrap up the uh, the Arizona Cardinals draft day, what they did, what we liked, what we saw, what we didn't like. And, of course, we'll always continue to keep you on the air here as our Cardinals insider through the weeks and months to come. Sounds great to me. All right, have a good rest of your week, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. See ya. That is Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. He is our uh, Cardinals insider. He's also the co-host of the AZ Cards Corner uh, and does a great job covering the Arizona Cardinals for Arizona Sports, and uh, we love bringing him on here. And uh, just, you know, he loves his job. And I, I I like to bring on people who just love their job, the people who enjoy what they do. Tyler absolutely does. Uh, he's living the dream, and uh, we're glad to have him on here as our Cardinals insider. All right, we're going to take the time out. When I return, I'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. There are certain teams in the NFL, when you approach the draft, there are teams that need to make an impact with their first-round pick, and there are teams that don't. Uh, obviously, everyone wants to pick a starting-caliber player in the first round. That's you know that's how you build your team. That's how you save money and get production onto the field so that you can pay other big-name players who are demanding of more money. The Arizona Cardinals, even though you know they had the best record in football for the first 10 weeks of the season, and they went to the playoffs and had a very disappointing loss, uh, looked terrible in the game, the Cardinals are not one of the teams that just need to just kind of pick a guy that can be in their starting rotation somewhere. The Cardinals, in my opinion, are dangerously close to being a six- or seven-win team this season just based on their current makeup. The Cardinals need to make a splash. They need to get an impact player, a player that will severely impact the outcomes of games. That player is not George Karlaftis. It is not drafting an offensive guard. It's not drafting a backup quarterback. You know, it's not getting, uh, you know, even as good as Tyler Linderbaum is, the center from, from Iowa, and maybe the best pure offensive lineman in this draft. He's, you know, he's not the guy that that moves the needle for the Cardinals. Okay, I don't think either of the you know the receivers that are potentially going to be there, guys like Drake London, who I like, but uh, you know maybe he's closer to JJ Arcega Whiteside than he is to you know you know one of the other like a big receiver like a Julio Jones or something. You know, he just doesn't he lacks the speed and the get off of some of these other guys. And Chris Olave as polished of a pass catcher as he is is he just a guy that is a great highlight reel off a jugs machine you know what i mean like is he that guy the cardinals need an impact player how do you do that well they're not in position to move up really they don't have a whole lot of draft capital and they don't have 
any real draft capital as far as personnel go that they can go up and, and jump up into the top 12, per se, to go get a Jermaine Johnson, a, a, an impact pass rusher. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Cardinals do with their first-round pick. They're sitting there at 23, and it could make or break their season. I'm going to be honest with you. I know that people don't want to put a whole lot of weight into first-round draft picks, but I think for the Cardinals it's very important that they hit, they hit a home run this year. And if the impact player isn't there, get the hell out. Move on and just fill out your team with some role players and see what happens. That is going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider, for joining us. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in studio for pushing all the right buttons and keeping us on the air here. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in to the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the Thursday edition of the Jeff Dean Show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.